Hey Who fans and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And we've got episode 119. One day I shall come back. Oh dear, we are in trouble, aren't we? I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. I have the advantage of being slightly ahead of you. Sometimes behind you, but normally ahead of you. The trouble with time travel is one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems not a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. A meteor storm that the sky above us was dancing with lights. Purple, green, brilliant yellow, yes! I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. It's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. Just remember who's standing in your way. Look at the eyebrows. These are attack eyebrows. You can take bottle tops off with these. Howdy do you, fans. Episode 119 is upon us, and I am talking to you through the power of man flu. <laughs> you can say the power of the Daleks. Power of the Daleks, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking to you with a little bit of man flu, but I'm all good. He's all good, yeah. He's, yeah. he's, he's hankering for sympathy. <laughs> well, no, it's just <laughs> if I sound a bit gurgly or rough, whatever, just bear with. Bear, bear with. with. It's, it's <laughs> hard to know if it's that or Skype, because we had a few Skype issues last, last week, didn't we? We had to keep reconnecting, mm. and I was sounding a bit like a, a Dalek for half the podcast. It was a nightmare, wasn't it? Yeah, we had a few yeah. gremlins. We did. Yeah. A few Cybermats in the system. Hopefully, touch wood. We'll be all right this this week. Hopefully, we'll be cool. So, yes, coming up in today's show, we've got the usual news and merch for you. Then we're going to talk to you about class episode seven. Seven. Yes. Seven. seven. Yeah. And then we've got our regular review of Time Heist with Mr. Capaldi. Mm. Yes, but first, how have you been, my good friend? I'm 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 okay, thank you. Yeah, all good this end. Um, it looks a bit like Narnia outside my window this morning. <laughs> this is really picturesque um i'm just sat in our conservatory recording this and it's like a like a layer of frost over mm. everything and beautiful sunshine so yeah um but i'm very good yeah i've had a um quite a busy little week but i've managed to fit in a bit of big finish this week oh, um, cool. which is always nice um i listened to the order of the daleks one of the latest releases from them which is part of the monthly range good old sixy yeah. um and this is the one I think we spoke about a couple of weeks back because it's got like this stained glass Dalek on the cover. The That's cover right. is is, yeah. is gorgeous. Um, and to, I'll be honest with you, that's literally the, the reason I ordered it because I thought, oh, I've got quite a lot of big finished Dalek stories. <laughs> do I really need another? Is there anything new they can do with it? Thoroughly enjoyed it. It's really good. They have found something new to do with them. Um, so kudos to the guys for that. It's a really good little four-part story. Colin is just so good in audio. We say that all the time, but he's mm. so good in it. Um, yeah, so really, really enjoyed that. And um, and also, I popped onto the Big Finish website to order something. I've forgotten what it was now. And I just spotted this little short trips download because they do like a, a download only series of the short trips and i've yeah. never really bought them because i'm a i'm a physical guy i like the <laughs> physical cd so i don't normally buy download only um but this little one jumped out at me and because i had some stuff to do at home i thought it'd be good just to have something else to fill that sort of half hour gap um and it was a fourth doctor one 
from the point of view of our old mate Matthew Waterhouse um, oh, okay. read it, reading his Adric. Uh, it's called um, what was it called? A Full Life. Yeah, A Full Life. Yeah. Just a little, I think it was about half an hour, it felt about half an hour story of him reading it, um, talking about sort of being part of that team and it was a really good little story actually. I really really enjoyed it because um, Adric's a bit marmite isn't he? <laughs> Especially in the TV show. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's good at he's good at uh, kickboxing though. Um, right. If you ever watch the visitation, Wha-ha! but uh, but yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed that as well. So I've had some good some good Doctor Who audio going on this this week. That's Thanks cool, to mate. our friends at Big mm. Finish, um, and obviously I've watched the review app, and uh, that's that's pretty much all I've done this week. Apart yeah. from boring old day to day stuff, yeah. What about yourself? Um, I've been living in a bit of a cave for the last week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've been I've just been so busy. This past week, I've managed to watch a couple of bits, but um, yeah, and I've I've I pre-ordered that um that Dalek story as well from Big Finish, but I haven't had the chance to listen to it yet. But oh, it's good. I'm glad you like it. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 really good. I really did enjoy it. Actually, I like what they've done with mm. the Daleks in it because it can't be easy to keep coming up with new ideas for the Daleks, can it? And you know, especially on audio. Um, and I like the fact they've given them a bit of a different tone for a change um and there's a reason for that which mm. i won't say but um yeah it's, it's really good um i don't suppose you've had any chance to watch power yet have you <laughs> i'm rubbish mate no i no. still haven't watched it yet well it's six big episodes oh. um i'm still waiting for my <laughs> dvd as well still so yes yes Still waiting for it, BFI. If you're listening, we know you listen. Um, the saga continues. Yeah, thankfully I've I have watched it because I think if um, I think I would have cracked by now if I hadn't have downloaded it from the awful BBC store. I probably and watched it. I probably would have given in and bought it from a shop by now. Um, but because <laughs> I have seen it, I I am willing to wait. I saw a few people got their postcards. You know, the first thousand customers got these. Power of the Daleks postcards. Yeah, um, I, and I saw a few people mm. posting pictures on Twitter. Yeah, very envious of those. I really hoped I'd get them, but I obviously wasn't one of the thousand. But uh, they look really nice. So, yeah, if you got them, lucky old you. Sad face. Yeah. <laughs> Sad <laughs> that reminds me, have you seen, it, ages ago, there was this rumour about a story in Series 10 that was going to be ra- based around um, phone emojis uh, in Doctor Who. And, and um, I think it was sort of laughed off at the time. But have you seen anything? Because I, I think it might be true. I think I saw something in the news the other week or something. They were saying there was this, like a picture from it. I was like, is that actually true? Is that actually a, a storyline? Based around emojis? Yeah. I, again, uh, you know, sometimes mm. I dream uh, these things and it blurs into reality. So don't take it as gospel. But yeah, I think there might be a story based around phone emojis in Series 10. <laughs> so that could be. Sounds interesting. interesting. Yeah. Confused face. Yeah. <laughs> That's our word, isn't it, for uh, rumours that we're not sure. Interesting. Interesting. That yeah. could be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it is, but just a rumour at the moment. So, yeah, don't take it as gospel. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, not much else, me, buddy. Um, I'm almost done with Davison's book, though. I've been getting through that. It's really good. Oh, all right. Yeah. yeah. I'm on the last chapter for that now, so. That's worth a pick up if you find it cheap. I saw a couple of Black Friday deals and it was a fiver or six quid somewhere. Yeah, um, I'm hoping. I know one at a shop here called The Works apparently is selling it for six pounds. That's um, the one, yeah. Yeah, I went into Works on Saturday. Sadly, they didn't have it. But um, I'm hoping I might have got that by the end of the week because I really, really want to read it. Yeah, yeah. So you're getting near to the end of that, are you? Yeah, I've got one more chapter to go. Is he as honest in it 
as he is in the magazine, Doctor Who magazine interview, because he did say he sort of held back a little bit at times. But is it a good read? It's a very good read. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't hold back with it's Yeah. It's a cinema. It's a similar, um, a very similar vibe to what we had with the magazine interview. Awesome. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, he, he talks very openly about his previous marriage and what he got up to at college and his previous jobs and everything. And then when we get into the Doctor Who part of it, um, he's very honest about how he feels about certain writers and episodes and so on. Oh, right. It's very good. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I do definitely yeah. want to grab that. Yeah, especially if I can get it for that price. It'd be excellent. Mm, six quid is mm. a steal. It is a steal, yeah. 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 Otherwise, yeah, quite a week for me, who wise. No shopping, no uh, no marathons, nothing. Just been wrapped up in your TARDIS dressing gown, being yeah, ill. Feeling sorry <laughs> for myself, like, yeah. <laughs> can you put the next disc in for me, love? That's it. Yeah, I can imagine, you, I bet she was like, no, do it yourself. <laughs> Very much so, yeah. Yeah. No um, patience. For the benefit of the listeners, Gary is wrapped up in his tarred and dressing gown as we record. That's that is genuine, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very cool. Got my tarred like gown on. Yep. Mm. Um, I think it's just karma for me though, because I've got no sympathy for ill people. So when I'm ill, it just comes back and bites me because everyone's like, oh, well, really? "Get on with it." <laughs> right, I remember that. Yeah. When I'm Ill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Shall we land this and do some news, buddy? Yeah, let's do some news. First up, we've got some confirmations on when the Christmas special is going out on mm. Christmas Day. Which, at first, I just thought it would be in the UK, but we've got a flurry of other countries with their broadcast times ready and waiting. Now, I think this oh. is a good time You'd, for yeah. the extra special to go out. It's not too late. It's not. It, it feels to me like it's in between the Christmas dinner and the evening programmes. Because mm. I think here in the UK, anyway, we tend to do Christmas dinner a bit earlier on Christmas Day. It's yeah. almost like, um, a, yeah, it's almost lunchtime-ish or just after lunchtime uh, for us, anyway. Not that yeah. we'll be here on Christmas Day, but when we are here at Christmas, we have dinner around two o'clock-ish, three o'clock, something yes, like you'll that. You'll be you'll be in Canada, you'll won't be you? In Canada, yeah. Canada. Um, yeah. So yes, the return of Doctor Mysterio. He's going out mm. at 5.45 Christmas Day. Mm. I have to say, um, you, may have just <clears throat> you may have just changed my mind. Because when I first said that, I thought it was too early. I was like, oh, that's a, like you just said, it's a bit of an in-between time. I thought I was expecting it to be sort of half six, seven, more evening. But you know, you could be right. Because I'm trying to think what we do on Christmas Day. And I think at that point, we're all just slobbed out, mm-hmm. haven't eaten too much. TV is on. No one's talking because we can't be, we're all drank too much and can't be bothered. There you go. So it could be a good time, actually. Yeah. It could be a good time. Yeah. Just to s- sit back and, and watch it. I, I mean, I don't know about your housemate, but our house, I won't be able to hear anything <laughs> uh, on, on Christmas Day. I'll have to watch it when I get home and all, uh, or, or, you know watch it on my own but yeah yeah it's, it's not a bad time i suppose it did strike me as too early to begin with but mm. could be all right yeah yeah it, it's going out at wildly different times 
with various countries. So over in Australia, yeah. in Australia, mm. it's going out at 5.45 a.m. A.m.? <laughs> yeah. Quarter to six in the morning on Boxing Day for the Aussies. Wow, that's a bit. And that's online only. Oh, so they aren't they having it in the cinema? That seems a real um, conflict between the two. I thought, yeah. Yeah, they are having it in the cinema. I think that's going to be a couple of days before Christmas. Yeah. And then if you want to actually watch it, you know, as if you were watching it when it's broadcast, it's on ABC iView, apparently. Okay. Which is like, it sounds like the equivalent of, you know, our BBC iPlayer. Yeah, yeah. So that's Australia. Um, Over in the US, 9 p.m., Christmas Day. Well, that is a big contrast, isn't it? That is late. Same for Canada on space. Yeah. Uh, 9 p.m. Um, uh, actually, yeah, sorry. Um, the actual proper broadcast in Australia on ABC won't be until half seven, Boxing Day evening. Oh, right. Okay. But you can, <clears throat> get, you can watch it earlier if you're up with the birds. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then in South Africa, BBC First, you'll be able to watch it at 8 p.m., yeah. Uh, on the 28th wow you're getting a couple of days late yeah so um, you have to avoid yeah. all the spoilers yeah, absolutely and that's on a channel called BBC First apparently so all in all um, most of the countries are getting their share of Christmas who which is yeah. good but please make a note of the times so if you want to avoid spoilers and so on then stay off Twitter and all that stuff because I would imagine once uh once the earlier countries that are getting it on Christmas Day and Boxing Day, um, Twitter and Facebook will be alive with opinion and all the rest of it. So just be aware. If you're one of those countries that are not getting it until the end of Boxing Day or later, there's probably going to be a few spoilers knocking about. Yeah, and it's very easy to, to just open your phone and you know give in and just think, I'll just check Twitter and then see something you don't want to see and be like, oh, no, why did I do it? Yeah, so, yeah, be careful. Does that mean you won't get to see it till 9, nine o'clock? That's Because you'll be in Canada. So, yeah, you'll have to be very careful. Correct on Mondays. Correct. Yeah, my job, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll sort of, it'll be on in our house, I should imagine, but I, I won't get to watch it properly till about that time myself. Right, uh, <laughs> in other news, uh, big Finnish guys, they're bringing out their second Doctor Who classic Doctor's New Monsters next year. Um, Are you sure that's had, what it's called? Yes, I made sure I'd got it in front of me, because we, what do we call it? Well, no, slightly you call old, it. Slightly old Doctors and... <laughs> Yeah, crumbling old monsters a whole manner of names yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I've got it right it's in front of me um, yeah they're bringing out their second set next year and uh, they've released a bit of exciting news for it because the first set featured uh, Doctors 5, 6 and 8 wasn't it no 5, 6, 7 and 8 that's it that right? Yes. Yep. Was 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 Peter in there? Forgotten now but yeah he was, but yep. this one's going to have Tom Baker reprising his role as the fourth Doctor in this set. Um, not only that, he's going to be pitched up against a new monster, which is the Vashta Narada. So that's going to be really good. I think they'll make for a great pairing. Um, there's a little synopsis for it. Um, it says that, um, where is it? The Doctor arrives in a futuristic funfair on an alien world where he comes across the flesh-eating shadows created by... Stephen Moffat. So yeah, that's right. that's going to be good. I think it also stars um, a lot of other people, including Pam Ferris, who of course we all know from in what's it called? <laughs> Call the Midwife. That's Call the, the Midwife. 
yeah i don't watch it but yeah <laughs> um but yeah that's gonna be good great always you know good to have tom joining that range first set was good wasn't it it wasn't outstanding but it was a good it was easy okay. listen yes yep. it was a nice nice release so um, yeah good to have tom joining that one it doesn't say exactly when it's out it's just pitched in for next next year but um yeah we'll give you more details as, as we get into the next year well i think this one's um was recorded last week oh wow really yeah it was recorded on the 16th of november ah right so they are getting them in there so hopefully it won't be too far into 2017 before we get it because they are a good set yes yeah they won't win any awards but they're a good listen Mm, definitely so yeah more great stuff from the guys at big finish daleks you ready they can't see me they can't see me i'll open the door anyway Match corner. Match corner. Match corner. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. First up is something that I was so sure that Adam would have pride and place on his <laughs> on his shelf somewhere. If I had a spare three hundred and odd quids, I probably would. But <laughs> <laughs> we've spoke about this ages ago. It was, I think it was, we're going back sort of middle of last year, maybe, mm. or the or early last year when we first got the standard edition of this. So we we popped out uh, a news story and some photos and stuff on the the cracked stone looking Cyberman bust that the Robert Harrop people were putting out, and it does look great. You can't deny, even though it, it's based on the newer design Cyberman, it does look amazing. It does. If you ever see the thing, actual thing in the flesh, it's really quite a stunning piece, actually. Mm. Yeah. And they've got a new gold edition, mm. limited to just 50. Wow. Which are up for pre-order right now. Is it pre-order? No, you can just get it. They're available now. Sorry. Oh. Um, and it's three. It's 330 pounds a lot of dosh that's a bit of lolly that isn't it <laughs> yeah 330 squids mm. if it's your um if it's your bag though if this is your thing then it does look amazing um you can still get the standard one by the way just the normal gray stone looking version which is 275 oh okay so, it's, uh, it's quite ironic, actually, because the Cybermen are allergic to gold, so it's quite <laughs> quite ironic that this is in gold. <laughs> but it is, a, it is a really nice piece, yeah. As I said, if I was uh, if I had a few hundred lolly down the back of the sofa, I probably would get this. But um, as I don't, I won't. I, I can't. Won't. Also, <laughs> I don't have the room. I can just imagine coming home with this. Oh, what? You know, yeah. getting it in the neck. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's lovely. Really, Where the really bleed nice. nails this going to go? Yeah, where's that going? Yeah. Um, thought it looked nice next to the TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that thing that staring at us. That thing that we've got next to the TV. Yeah, the thing that I really like. Yeah, let's get rid of that. <laughs> that vase, that can go. That can go. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. just hear a smashing sound as you've lobbed it out the garden. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Cyberman bust from Robert Harrop. It looks great quality. If you've got the beans, get over and get one. Gold a dish. Yeah. Lovely. Right, here's something you're going to want, Gary. Uh, <laughs> Forbidden Planet have just, uh, well, is it exclusive to them? I'm not sure, but they've just announced this T-shirt, which ties in with the new Dot 2 Christmas special. Uh, it is, of course, the superhero emblem 
that um, is, has been revealed now as the G standing for the ghost. So it's the ghost T-shirt. So it's black T-shirt with the red G emblem that the superhero in the Dot Two Christmas Special wears. Uh, now we don't know much about this character yet, so I'm not going to prejudge it. <laughs> I will say this though: <laughs> as a T-shirt, it's all right, isn't it? It's okay as a T-shirt, but yeah, I'm going to have to wait. I don't. Know, am I going to want to be associated with the ghost after the episode? I'll have to wait and see. But as a T-shirt, it's quite a nice design. Do you reckon? Uh, yeah. Well, not grabbing you because you like your tees, don't you? Yeah, it's all right. Um, mm. I don't know what the what the design on the front is like, whether it's um, a, a standard printed thing or if it's embossed in any way. Can't yeah, it's really hard tell. to tell, isn't yeah. it? Because I know sometimes I've ordered T-shirts from FP and they look, um, sort of, they're very much touched mm. up on the website. Like they did the Doctor's costumes for, at one point, didn't they? Like the Fifth Doctor, Sixth Doctor, they did T-shirts of them. And when you actually got them, they didn't really look like what was on the website. They were sort of very blurred and patchy compared to what was the sharp, crisp image on the website. So, yeah, it's probably best to have a look at it um, in the actual shop if you can. Its retail price is $17.99. If you order it online, it's $14.99. Um, and, yeah, well, I guess in a couple of weeks' time, we'll see if the Christmas special is good, what the character's like. Maybe we will want to get it. But uh, if you like the look of it, it's, um, it's up for pre-order. It comes out on the 27th of December. 15 squids yeah which is not too bad yeah i'm not sold on it yet but um keep me eye on it keep your eye on it yeah keep a lookout <laughs> um yeah and just on the note of uh forbidden planet because they change mm. their date every year oh. um the delivery date for sort of confirmed pre-christmas you have to order before or on saturday the 17th of december all oh, right okay and I think last week it was, there was one year where they were quite optimistic with their dates. They said you could order for up to the 19th or the 20th or something, and then thousands of people didn't get there. Yeah. Order, which will be hugely surprised at. I was just going to say, I think me and you can both say from experience, guys, if you want to order anything from uh, Forbidden Planet, this is .com, isn't it? Because there's co.uk, which is a separate company. So yeah. not to confuse the two. Yeah, if you do want to order something from these guys, um, I think me and Gary would say, you know, do it sooner rather than later yeah. because they can be, uh, they can be a little bit unreliable when it comes to deliveries, shall we say. So yes. get it in now if you want to order something. Yeah. Yep. And that's merch. That's merch. Yeah. Shove those Daleks out. Yeah. Go on. Get out. Get out of it. Gone. <laughs> there we go. Right. Shall we talk happy. about class? Yes, let's talk about class. They'll stay in the classroom. Don't want them trying to solve any mysteries while they're away. Oh, they're such good at issues. They'll probably stay in there without a key or a teacher. Now, come on, are we leaving or aren't we? Are you really so eager? The chances of you surviving this... I'll either end today dead or with this thing out of my skull. Are you entirely sure about that? The Arn knows your thoughts, yes? Yeah. Then it knows you want it out. And surely the only reason it hasn't killed you already is that you yourself don't believe that this will work. What are you getting at? At some point today, should everything go according to plan, there will come a moment when you start to believe. And when that happens? There will be no going back. You really will either end today dead or with your freedom. 
then let's begin. Let us begin indeed. Oh, so this is episode seven we're on now, isn't it? Yes, with a long seven title. Seven of eight. Yeah. It's got, yeah, what is the title? It's yeah, ridiculously the, long. The Metaphysical Engine, or What Quill Did. Oh, okay. So what did Quill do? She went on a bit of an adventure. She did. This this kind of ties in with last week's, doesn't it? It's like they it's both like happened at the version. same time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. What yeah, you're going to say? It's like her version. Yes, it. Her version of what happened. Yeah, yeah. Because they, it's the same thing at the beginning, at the end, pretty much, isn't it? For As both last episodes. Week. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Right. Um, has this one pulled us out the uh, hmm. pulled us up out the well, so to speak? Um, I don't, I actually didn't mind this one. I thought this mm-hmm. was a step in the right direction mm. for sure. Um, it absolutely beat, um, episode six detained. It beat the crap out of that without question, mm-hmm. mainly because, uh, Miss Quill is so good. Mm. Yep. She's a great character. And this for me was a bit more about what I, I assumed class would be overall where we went to a few cool sort of alien locations. We got to meet another character. There was adventure in there. There was some heartbreak. There was some action. There was some gruesome bits. Oh, there was uh, a very gruesome bit, yeah. Indeed. So it had a lot more going for it, this one, and it's kind Mm. of what I was hoping the rest of the series would be like. Mm. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. It wasn't... um, It wasn't... Uh, amazing it hasn't made me want to suddenly pre-order the the series blu-ray now mm. but i did enjoy it a lot more i think than any other episode so far yes we're we're on the same page thank okay. goodness because uh i think i think i said last week i was done with class didn't i you did i i, I was yeah, yeah I, I was just i just had enough of it um and <laughs> <laughs> i really had i've so had enough I of re- this I'd had enough Um, and I really wanted something to happen this week to change my mind. Um, Like you, I'm not quite, it wasn't good enough to make me want to order the the DVD yet, but, uh, but it was certainly a step in the right direction. And um, it's the first episode since episode two, possibly where I wasn't sat there bored. I thought it was paced pretty good for a change. It had plenty going on. It kept me interested. Um, and yeah, I think like you said, we've I think we've said all the way through, Quills stood out to me as as the best character in this so far. And so it was great just having an episode with her. And I think she totally delivered. I think she was definitely strong enough to carry that episode on her own, which is pretty uh, well, she was with yeah, she had two like two people with her, but it was based around her. Yeah. Um yeah. and yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was definitely a step in the right direction. I, as I said, I was almost when it finished, I was almost like Ah, relieved, you know, because I, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't really want to put episode seven on after last week. I was like, oh God, have I got to sit through another 45 minutes of this, you know, and I'm pleased to say I I switched it off and thought, right, that was, that was good. There was some good entertainment going on in there. Um, Yeah. So thank goodness. Yeah. I I hope next week's carries on because I did get a feeling that when she got back to the classroom and we got back to seeing our classmates, and they were sort of all coming out with their angst-ridden yeah, yeah. lines. I was a bit like, oh no! I kind of, I don't know. I just, I just am worried that Quill's the only thing I like in this. But yeah, getting back to the episode itself, I thought it was, it was pretty decent actually. Yeah, it was. And some of the, 
some of the locations were really quite nice. The first location they end up, you know, when they they get tra- oh, yeah. they teleported to that giant forest that was all pink and reds and looked really nice. Yeah, and there was like a bamboo room or something that I thought looked quite good. I couldn't work out if it was a real set or CGI because it had all this light shining through it. I think it must have been a set, but it looked really quite nice, I thought. It was a set, yeah. Well, a portion yeah. of that location, portion. yeah. Mm. And that was where the quill queen <clears throat> or the quill goddess um, was supposedly born for the first time. That's right. I will say, although I enjoyed the episode, I did find myself getting a little bit confused what was going on at times. I don't know if you found that. And I, it may be because I've zoned out so much in earlier episodes. Uh, maybe if I'd followed it a bit more closely uh, or if it held my attention a bit more, I might have had a better idea. But I, there were times the episode where I wasn't 100% sure what was quite going on, if you know what I mean, or why she was doing what she was doing. But it, uh, it didn't stop me from enjoying it. Yeah, I was... Um... At first I was confused, but then it sort mm. of clicked into place because I think, what's her name? Is it Ames? Ames? Armis? Well, the new headmaster. Yeah. Well, mistress what? woman. Um, yeah. I think her name's Ames. Ames? Uh, she explains to Quill, doesn't she, that that strange little device that she's got. Uh, it essentially means that if there's a location, i.e. the the the, the area where the Quill goddess is born... Mm. if it's believed in enough, then that device will make it happen in a kind of alternate reality for them. Yeah. Which yeah. is where, I, which is how they end up at these various places. Um, which I thought was quite clever. Mm. It was a tad confusing, like you say. Yeah. I think if I watched it again, like, you know, on a second watch, I think I totally got it. But I think, yeah, like you, the first sort of 10 minutes or so, I was like, what's going on? What are they trying to do now? You know, like when they yeah. visit in all these different places, I, it did take me a while to sort of get grasp what they were trying to do. Um, and then obviously we get to the bit where he <clears throat> removes the thing from her head. What's it called? The thing in her head? The arm. The arm. Yeah. So yeah. he he removes that. So this thing's been sort of is it like a, a limiter, is it? That's been stopping her from she can't fire a gun and she can't do stuff because of this that's thing. Right. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's now removed that. Because um, that was the thing. <laughs> this is why I do like Quill as a character. Uh, you know, when she walks in at the end and she's had this thing removed and she's like, she's got that real swagger going on, isn't she? She's got yeah. the gun and everything. She's ready for to kick some ass. Uh, you it. know, so yeah. I, I, liked, I liked that. I thought, yes, okay, I'll get, get this. Um, but that was gruesome, wasn't it? When he sort of puts his, his finger. The T-1000 <laughs> moment. Sort of yeah. Yeah, yes, that's it. I yeah. couldn't think what it was. Yeah, yes, that's it. Yeah, his finger sort of turns into a spike and he pierces her eye and rips this thing out of her head and shoves another. I mean, it was done pretty quick, but it was still, oh, it was still a bit. Yeah. Well, it's a bit was, full on, I thought. Yeah, because it's quite, it. it's difficult to watch because the, when his finger turns into that long spike, it hovers just a couple of millimetres away from her eye. Mm. And mm. anything to do with eyes and, you know, that sort of thing makes people go a bit squeamish. Yeah. And then he, yeah. like, sort of shoves it into her head. And then you can actually see, like, the tear in the front of her face. I don't want to get too graphic, but he sort of reaches mm. in and tears it out. And it's a bit after that that I thought was really gruesome. There's just this big hole in her eyes gone. You know, there's mm. this big bloody hole. And then he sort of gets the the bit of whatever it is. Um, the bit of the 
quill goddess, is it? The the brain, the the first quill brain. Yeah. And he sort of morphs it into her face, and that's how she gets her eye back. But she's got that big scar. Oh. Yeah. It was great, great. So I mean, I yeah, as I said, it was it was on screen for quite brief, but it was yeah, it was still enough to make you wince and look away. And I mean, I just kept thinking, like you know, oh, this is a Doctor Who spinoff, and oh, that's a little bit close to the knuckle. I mean, Torchwood, I know, got close to the knuckle, but I think. There, there have been moments in this where I think, mate, oh, it's very close to the edge. Do you know what I mean? Just, I'm just not sure. I just worry. I know kids nowadays probably love all this sort of stuff, but I just sort of think, I'm not sure that's a good thing. I just worry sometimes that, you know, younger people will tune into this because it's a Doctor Who spinoff that maybe shouldn't be watching it for another couple of years, if you get my meaning. Um, but as I said, they probably love it anyway. Well, that's but, what it, the uh, 16 or over warnings for. Well, I know, yeah, but that's the thing. Does do they? Does anybody pay attention to that? That's the problem. You know that that is there for a reason, but I don't think anyone. Well, they can't enforce it, the BBC, can nah, they? Because there's no, nah. you don't have to sign in or anything when you're on the BBC mm. iPlayer website. You just say, just says, "Are you 16?" Yes, yes I, I am. am. <laughs> away you go, pretty much. <laughs> oh, no. But how do you feel about that, though? About that because there has been some moments in this spin-off that have been very close to knuckle, considering it's it's there as a Doctor Who spin-off. Because I'm still not 100% comfortable with that, to be honest. And the whole thing being a Doctor Who spin-off because of some of the content, you know. It, mm, well, this goes back to what we were saying, doesn't it, weeks ago, mm. where if this was, this really should be its own thing. Yeah, yeah. It you know, and it, this, it's, that, it's that talk about stuff like graphic scenes and so on that just mm. enforce that fact that it shouldn't be a you know, a Doctor Who thing, mm. but mm, it is a bit of, it's a bit of a, a tricky one to, it's a tricky one to decide on definitively because you can't say they shouldn't be in there because there's an argument to say that it adds to the story. But then yeah. on the other hand, like you say, it is a Doctor Who spinoff. So a majority of the younger fans probably really want to watch it. And when yeah. they get told they can't, it's, yeah, it's a difficult one. Um, it makes them want to watch it more. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, as you do when you're that age. I found they were holding back on some bits. I mean, there was a bit where the, he tramples on whatever that thing is he took out of her head. He, he sort of batters it to death and you can hear it squelching. And I, I was sure they were going to show it, <laughs> show a shot of it, but they held back on that. You just, you got, you know, you could see him hitting it, but you couldn't actually see the actual aftermath. Yeah. So I thought, okay, so they've, yeah, they've held back on that. But they have, haven't held back at all on the removal of the the thing from her face. It's uh, I don't know. It's a bit. Yeah, they did hold back a couple of times. Actually, there was the yeah. the fight scene with the quill goddess. That was fairly tame. There was no blood. Yeah, that there, was tame. Nothing. Yeah, there was also the fight scene at the end, which was quite heartbreaking in a way because mm. at that point, um, Quill and um, what's the guy's name? Balan. Yeah. Balan. They had had sexy time. Yes, they had, hadn't they? <laughs> yeah. So it was quite heartbreaking to for that that reveal at the end, where only one of them could leave the cabinet of souls. That was a so good good that, bit, yeah. Yeah, so that's a fight to the death. So I think I I was quite confused at that point. At the I end. was confused whether he'd shot himself or if it had backfired or if that was always part of the plan to kill the most selfish one or what. I wasn't quite sure what happened there with the gun. Yeah, um, I was very confused on the execution of that bit because yeah. he's aiming the gun at Quill and pulls the trigger, but you don't see anything come out of the gun as such. You just see like a quick lightning bolt hit him in the side of the face. So it was yeah. like a boomerang shot 
or was it someone else shooting him? I couldn't really make that out. No. Yeah. I, I was, yeah, that, that did confuse me as well. I think you could read lots into that really. Um, and I, maybe that, maybe that was done intentionally cause I didn't mm. know. I was thinking, so has he actually, no, he didn't sacrifice himself cause he clearly was going to do it, wasn't he? Yeah. So either the gun backfired or, um, it was all part of the test and it was always going to be whoever was the most selfish died. I don't know. You could read lots into that. I think, um, but it was, it was good. As I said, this, at least this episode did grab me in terms of, I was invested in both those characters. I was like, Oh no, they're both good. Um, Oh, who should go through, you know, which, whereas I think, uh, if it had been other characters, I'd have been sat there hoping they both stayed there forever. And I never saw them again. Do you know what I mean? I was, I was quite invested in Ban and Quill at that point. Um, I thought Ballon was really good actually. I don't know the actor's name. Um, I thought he gave a good performance actually. Yeah, he did. Uh, no, I, I'll I, find his name online, but he, he was good. I felt quite sorry for him as well, because when mm. they very first started this adventure, if you like, they were both promised freedom, weren't they? She was promised freedom from the Arn. It was going to be removed by Balan, and he was going to be free from his... Because he's, he's a shapeshifter, and he's been frozen in that form, hasn't he? Mm. So he was going to be yeah. free so that he could go off and shapeshift and everything again. And it turns out at the end that that wasn't the case. One of them was going was gonna to have to die. Yeah. So they, they got sold a bit of a, a bum deal there. Mm. By that evil, whatever her name is, yeah. Yeah. Ames. Ames. Yeah. yeah. But she was, she was okay in this episode. She was okay. She's better than she has been in the others. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, and then we've got the, the very interesting revelation at the very end where she passes out in the classroom. This is when she's come back into the classroom and all yeah. the little brats have said their piece and gone off. <laughs> Charlie, Charlie um, is horrified that she can now fire the gun because the arms have been removed, so he's crapping himself. But then she yeah. passes out and then they see that she's pregnant. Yeah. So sexy the sexy time. time with Balan has resulted in a quill shifter. Yes. So finally, we're getting some good stuff, aren't we? At we last. are. Right at the um, end. <laughs> right at the end, yeah, because we've only got one episode to go. Yeah. And I have to say, after all the goodness that this episode did in terms of bringing me back to the show, as soon as we saw the trailer for next week, and both me and my other half said exactly the same thing almost at the same time, the trailer goes up and we both went, Oh, so bored as a Shadowkin. And we both looked at each other and went, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> we were just the Shadowkin. Like, oh, they were good in episode one, but we are, we've seen too much of them. They've been overused already. They have um, been drawn out so, a bit, haven't they? Yeah, so yeah. I'm not holding out a lot of hope for the final. But yeah, hopefully it's good. Um, I'm going to put money on it that Matthias um, dies. Uh, um, we said sure. that from episode one, didn't you, we? Wait, yeah, didn't exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be very surprised if he makes it yeah. uh, through to the end of the series. Um, but yeah, overall, this was, this was pretty good stuff, I thought, generally. Like you said, I wish we'd seen more of this. It does make me worry because the one episode that we've both enjoyed has been the one where the main cast weren't in it. <laughs> and uh, yeah. So I am yep. a bit worried that when we get to next week, we're going to be back to that sort of teen angst stuff um but we'll see we'll see it could be good hopefully it's good yes scores what would you give this one um i'm gonna go with a ooh, i'm sort of between 6.5 and 7 really but 6.5 i think wasn't wasn't amazing i think it just was good because i didn't enjoy the others you know compared okay. to the others so uh 6.5 i think okay for this one i'm gonna go with a seven for this one 
Going with seven. Yeah, I think yeah. that's fair. I'm sort of between the two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah good. I think it was good stuff. It's just frustratingly and very frustrating that we haven't seen it. Mm. That this, you know, it's taken the penultimate episode to unlock some of the goodness. Yes. Oh, just one of them. I just noticed I put it. Did you think that, you know, they kept transporting into the ship? Ship? Yes, oh, yeah. ship. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did you think that was the TARDIS floor, wasn't it? They kept showing the sort of a hedge sort of shot down. And it looked like the TARDIS floor to me. Probably just reused the same set or something. Oh. Um, did you notice that? Sort of the hexagonal. Yeah, it looked familiar it. to me, but yeah. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't pinpoint it as the TARDIS. Actually, it might not be the TARDIS. It just, yeah, I just kept thinking I know that floor. But anyway, yeah. But yeah, good stuff. I hope, please let next week's be decent because um, it lost. is the last one. Yeah, yeah. And whereas last week I was thinking, can't wait for the series to end. Uh, I watched this week's at all, but I was glad I did. So I'm really hoping next week good. Yeah. Yes. Right. That's class done. That is class class done. That's done and dusted. We've got one more episode to review next week, and then, yeah, we'll we'll start getting hyped up for Series (laughs) 2. Will there be a Series (laughs) 2? Well, we don't know. Well, that's an interesting thing. I I found this article yesterday. I tweeted it out to say um, that ratings-wise, only on online, BBC iPlayer, it hasn't really done well at all it hasn't, no, si- it hasn't no. since the beginning of november so nearly a month ago it hasn't once featured in the top 50 shows no it hasn't done well and bizarrely i saw a load of tweets last night saying series two had been confirmed but i don't i it hasn't been confirmed by anyone official it's just bizarre i don't know if that was just the fans out there just building up a bit of hype but uh, yeah there's quite a few people tweeting i was like class series two confirmed i was like where it hasn't it hasn't been confirmed no i don't think but, so um yeah. Um, but yeah, if it's not been getting very good downloads, assumably, presumably it'll be shown on the actual real television at some point. So I'd say, I guess I'll have to see how that goes. But yeah, I'm sure that we heard or we read somewhere before series one went out that it was going to be on BBC two at some point. Yeah, that's repeated. what I thought. Yeah. yeah. So maybe um, mm. in January or something. Maybe. Mm. Anyways, we're done with class for, for this week. Let's talk about our Capaldi story. What is it, dude? Mm. Gary, let's go and rob a bank. <laughs> it's time heist. This is the bank of Carol Black sauce. Picture the thing you want most in the universe. And decide how badly you want it. We're actually going to do it. Rob the bank. If we don't, we die. We must locate them. What is that? I don't know. Hey, not knowing. Are you hungry, boy? The bank is now open. This is the bank of Garabraxos. They're using the blimmin' Matt Smith dun, 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 in the trailer, aren't they? Oh, yeah. yeah. God, as if we hadn't heard that enough. Uh, yes, that was a, you, that's the good thing about you being there. You can get your voice really deep Quite like low. the Caliban. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, time heist. This went out in the uh, on the 20th of September, 2014. Yeah, Series um, 8. Series 8, yes. It was directed by... Uh, Douglas McKinnon, and it is written by Stephen Thompson and The Moth. The Moth getting his sticky fingers in the pie again. Yeah, clear off. <laughs> Go on, clear off out of it. Go and write something with Sherlock or something. <laughs> right, so this was the usual affair. 45-minute job, out on a Saturday night, ready to entertain and thrill the audience <laughs> of Doctor Who fans. And 
Uh, very roughly, there's this woman uh, called um, Madame Carabraxos, and she's the wealthiest person in the universe, apparently. Mm-hmm. And to protect all of her wealth, she actually lives in the vault with all her stuff. And unfortunately, as a byproduct of having all that security, she's uh, enslaved this alien being called the Teller. Mm. And she's used him to sort of weed out all of the guilty people that could potentially rob the place and so on. But in order to keep him doing his job and under control, she has enslaved his partner or its partner so that he will continue to do her bidding. And she has no conscience. She just doesn't care until her last dying day where she realizes that she has one regret and that was to keep the teller locked up and away from its its partner and mate. So she Mm. calls the doctor and says, I have one regret. It's this, go and free, go and rescue the teller. And then we have a ridiculously complicated timey-wimey story where we think throughout the entire episode they're robbing the bank, but in actual fact it's a rescue mission to free the teller. Mm. You can tell which bit Stephen Moffat stuck his oar in, Biv, can't you? Yeah, the timey-wimey stuff. Yeah. You can imagine the writers' um, meetings where Stephen Thompson's like, ah, this is getting away from us a little bit here. It's getting a little bit complicated. Don't we rein it in a little bit? Keep it simple. <laughs> and the moth's like, why would we do that? We this is Doctor it. Who. This is Doctor Who. It's my job to confuse the hell out of people and make things unnecessarily complicated. <laughs> well, I don't think so. Well, I'm hiring you, so do it or, or get out. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the story in a nutshell. And off the bat, this one's very middle of the road for me. Is it? Okay. Very middle of the road. There are some things that I quite like. There are some things that I don't like, i.e. the atrocious special effects or visual effects, should I say. (laughs) Uh, The cast, some of them are okay. Quite a good little team. Uh, Clara was bloody annoying, as always. Yeah. Uh, The Doctor was okay. He was pretty good. Um, Story... When it works, it works. But when it tries to do too much, it fails miserably. Um, and it's just fairly entertaining. Mm. What about you? Uh, interesting, actually, because that's um, those are my thoughts before I rewatched it. It's exactly how I remembered it. Um, again, I wasn't really. I was sort of put put off watching this again. Mm-hmm. I thought uh, put it on last night. I thought right, come on, let's get this over with. Uh, put on time heist <laughs> and. Um, I actually liked it a lot more than I did the first time. Oh, really? Um, cool. I, yeah, by no means a classic. Uh, I agree with you about being a bit middle of the road, but uh, yeah, I mean, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't get off to a good start because Danny appears within the first minute or so, and I was like, oh, uh, now I, I, this is why I don't watch <laughs> Series Eight. I just, oh, all this stuff, and there's this. We terrible... are going to go on a date. Date, at the weekend. yeah. Oh, so was... that would be lovely. We shall You're... do that at the weekend. <laughs> yes, that would be amazing at the weekend. Let's go on that. <laughs> Christ. Oh, it was not a good start. But um, yeah, once we got past that, because he's literally only in that one scene just yeah. to remind us he's in the series, I think. Um, so once we got past that, the, you know, Tyler gets a phone call, woman in the shop's mentioned. We get into the actual memory worm stuff and the story. I, I then started to 
start quite enjoying it actually um by the end of it i i just enjoyed it i thought oh it's all right nowhere near as sort of bad as i thought um yeah you're right it's ridiculously timey-wimey and complicated for for the actual simple storyline that is there underneath it all it really didn't need all of that (laughs) um but yeah i just found it quite a fun watch um maybe because i went into it with such low expectations um i just found myself quite enjoying it um yeah so not not too bad not too bad for me this one it was one of those um oh crikey what we've got to bloody watch this now yeah, well, it was oh, one that I wasn't really bothered. Yeah, it wasn't one I was sort of thinking, oh, good, we're doing, you know, Dalek this week. Or it wasn't one of those. It was one where I was like, oh, time heist day. Oh, I better watch that this week, you know, see what I think of it. And, um, yeah, I was just, just quite sort of found myself getting quite involved in it because a, a lot of the Peter Capaldi stories, I, I find it really hard to get into them. I just find myself right. checking my phone, quite bored. Well, this one, I just was quite carried along with the story, silly as it is. Um, just found myself quite into it. And I, I liked the, the cast in it, actually. Uh, yeah, Clara's annoying, that's a given. Um, but I liked the guys, you know, the Cy and, what's her name? Cy and the shapeshifter. Sabra. Yeah, yep. I thought they were right. I was, you know, I'd have, I'd have put money on it back in 2014 when this aired. Um, I was sure we were going to see them again. I, 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 think, I think I remember thinking they were going to pop up in the... Okay. In the end, you know, like the series finale. So I said, oh, they'll be back. We haven't seen the last of them. <laughs> but turns out we have because we haven't seen them since, have we? But I don't think so. No, we haven't. No, no. no. But I thought there was quite a good interaction between the cast of four, you know, in terms of Capaldi, Clara, if you like, um, Cy and, and uh, Sabre. Yeah, Sabre. I thought they worked mm. quite well. There's a good bit of humour going on. Capaldi's good with the humour in this one. I love his grumpiness. You know, I thought he was quite good. So with like the stuff at the start with Clara, where he's like, "What right. are you getting changed for?" and uh, all that. I thought that was quite nice. Why yeah, is quite, your face all coloured in? Yeah, a date with a shelf and all that. I thought, yeah, yeah. this is good stuff. You know, I quite like all this. Yeah. So yeah, overall, I quite enjoyed it. I thought that um, some of the humorous stuff was from from Mister Thompson. Um, yeah probably i I think so yeah and at the beginning it was quite good i really liked the concept of the the phone in the tardis ringing yes nobody ever knowing the number so who could possibly be calling yeah uh which is good and the one that sort of sets off then the story proper doesn't it because from that point on we we sort of jump a step because we find out later on that the doctor is the architect and he's set it all up and you know but we don't see that beginning we sort of cut to the bit where they're in the room with the memory worms and that's when it kind of kicks off proper from there and the memory worms we've seen them before i'm pretty sure they've been in they have snowmen was it oh the christmas yeah the snowman no not christmas the um the great intelligence story with yeah is that one yeah that's right yeah because doesn't strax get hold of one as well that's it, I think so. Yeah, yeah. they're horrible-looking yeah. things, aren't they? Yeah, and from that moment on, it, it, the story is—it it does kick up a gear. There is that mm. sort of sense of intrigue, like, huh, "What? What are they doing? What's this all about?" And then, yeah. because you, you don't know what's going on. As far as you're concerned, they've been kidnapped, possibly, or they've been teleported somehow. And we pick up the story. We have no clue what's going on, why they're there. We've just got that recording. I don't know about you, but. 
did you guess very early on, even the first time you watched it, that the architect was the doctor? Did you? Yeah, get that? I, I was about to. Yeah, I was about to jump in and say that and ask you the same thing, actually, because yeah, I, from the very first time I watched this, I, I think I said at the very start, well, that's obviously the doctor, because yeah, I couldn't think yeah. who else. If you think in terms of story, the story writing and the way that it progresses, I just couldn't the whole way through. I'm thinking, well, there isn't anyone else it could be because who else would know? And it's going to be the fact that he's a time lord and he knows they've got to be there at that exact point. It just, if you think about it logically, I don't think it could have been anyone else. So yeah, I did. I did guess the first time I watched this. I think almost from the get go, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. And you're you the same, yeah? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. yeah. Even though we put that, they use that really bad American accent. Yeah. The, the voice yeah. changer and stuff. It was yeah. quite obvious it was the Doctor and so on. But it I don't did, know if it's an... Yeah. Uh, sorry, I don't know. Just quickly, I must say this before I forget. I don't know if it's an intentional thing or just a coincidence, but I like the fact that he's called the architect because I, I look at that as a throwback to Paradise Towers where he's mistaken for... The great architect is here, and I thought I don't I don't know if that's an intentional in joke or if it's just a nice coincidence, but but I like that. I like to think it's because he was mistaken for the architect <laughs> in his seventh form. In his seventh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So from that point on in the story, it does kick up again. It's pretty, it's pretty good from that point on. And in terms of story, then and pacing and so on, uh, it's. Nothing to complain about, really. In terms no, of it's, it's, it moves on. I mean, there is a bit towards the end, there's a, quite a lot of running down the same corridor differently lit. Um, I suppose <laughs> yeah. you could say that, that that's a little bit of a thing. But no, I think pacing-wise, I found it quite good, actually, especially compared to some of Capaldi's stories. I thought the pacing was, was all right. It's quite, it tries to be quite slick, I think. I don't know if it always succeeds, you know, like the the direction. And there's some sort of scenes of them walking into the bank very slowed down, very sort of hustle. Remember Hustle, that TV show? Yeah, it's very much that yeah. style, isn't it? We're breaking into a bank here. Um, so it tries to be quite slick. I think sometimes it works better than others. But yeah, but pacing-wise, I thought it was all right. Yeah, mm. moved along pretty pretty quickly, I thought. It was okay. Mm. Direction-wise. It's a couple of cool scenes actually. Like that when they work when they walk out into the open plan bit of the bank. You know, the bit where the teller comes out and makes yep. the, the guy's brain turn to soup. Turn to soup. So that whole area there is is looks quite nice. Mm-hmm. The yeah. big auditorium area. Um and the the vault at the very end had a nice mix of old antique furniture and looked mm. quite quite good i do have a complaint there about a lot of the other sets slash locations where they've used cg to expand the areas and so on yeah they look very bad very dodgy the, in this one well there's i mean they the, yeah i was gonna say they use the there's a bit where they're stood in like um cardiff bay because it's got the big turrets right. either side of them which mm-hmm. is is so recognizable um but they've sort of laid all the cgi over it um yeah it's it's not great i don't think it's that bad um i, I wouldn't say i didn't sort of look at it and sort of think it was dreadful really no i, no, did. I thought it was yeah, yeah i don't know i thought it was all right um yeah not just all right really there was uh there was two Two scenes that look especially bad. The first one was the vault when the Doctor and Clara first walk into the vault. Yeah, I noticed that. And yeah. you see all the like the millions of racks of the little vault, um, the little safety 
uh, boxes. Yeah. That looked really bad. Yeah, it did. I, I'll agree with that one. And then yeah. the second one was shortly after when they returned the teller to, I assume it's his home planet. Oh. When they're up on the hill and and all of the, it's all really pixelated around their bodies and so on. And it It's like, really bad, actually. Terrible. Yeah. It's not even colour graded properly. I so, remember thinking that the first time I saw it, actually. I just thought, God, that is terrible. I mean, like, well, the reason I'm saying that is it's not that it's, it's not that it's sort of become dated. It never looked good, that bit, that yeah. end scene. Mm-hmm. They're, they're clearly stood in front of a green screen, aren't they, with the TARDIS? That's, yes. yeah. you, could, that's, you can spot that a mile off. But that's all right. That's just about passable. But, but then you get the shot of the two tellers walking away hand in hand sort of thing. And yeah, it, <laughs> and also they're sort of, I think because they're out of their shackles and their red costumes, they're sort of naked, aren't they? So they just look a bit weird. And they, it's just... Yeah. They don't actually look naked. They look like they're wearing. Um, it, it's very obvious that they're wearing costumes. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it just looks really bad overall. I must admit. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you look at how how the way in which they walk off down the, the grassy hill, the the back of their knees and around their feet and stuff, it looks like they're wearing just painted jeans or painted <laughs> leather trousers or something. It doesn't look like skin like it should do. No. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that scene as well, the, the the Doctor and Clara, when they're up on the hill viewing them walk off into the sunset, there's not, the lighting doesn't match the location. They kind of try to fake it a bit with these really bright lights, you know, to the side of them. Yeah. It just doesn't work. I mean, that must have been a very, okay, look, we've got to get this shot. But we've camp. got hardly any time. It's going to be a real quick one. So just, yeah, let's just get through it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it needed some um, sort of soft saxophone music over that, didn't it? Doctor and Clara watching like two pervs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not the best uh, end shot. I will agree. Yeah. No, it's not great. Uh, however, some of the other things did look pretty good, like the um, uh, Carabraxos's vault at the end. Uh, that mm-hmm. the 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 fish tank thing, but they keep the teller in. I think that was quite a clever effect of making it all steamy. Yeah. You could yeah. really see it properly because mm. all too often when you see, um, uh, cages with people in, not cages, but when you see cells or glass, it's always very nice and clean and polished and you can see everything like the Cybermen, uh, tombs at the end of, was it deep breath? No, not deep breath. Nightmare and Silver? Night, yeah, Nightmare and Silver, yeah. Whereas this was very different, looked very dirty, that lived in, mm. you know, it looked really good. It, it did look good, actually. Yeah, because when he roars, it kind of, the, it shakes and stuff. It, yeah, mm. I thought it worked quite, it's very simple, isn't it? But it does does work, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I liked that as well. So, yeah, story-wise, a bit timey-wimey, a little bit complex in places. Mm. Um, but once it all sort of gets revealed at the end and the jigsaw puzzle, puzzle sorry, slots into place, it's... um. Works okay. Well, just before we move off the effects thing, what did you think of Mate's head being turned to soup? Did you <laughs> think that was a good effect? Because it's quite an unusual. His head just sort of has a big dip in it by the end, where his brain's been mushed. Yeah. Uh, so he's I got that. Way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, look pretty good. I thought it was all right. Mm. Yeah, pretty sort of gruesome without being too gruesome. If you like, you got the idea. I think it's mainly actually. It's not so much the effect of his head being flattened. It's mainly the guy 
it's almost got like a tear coming out. It's actually that's that's what makes it horrific, isn't it? It's just as more as acting. He's like, Wah! yeah, and then you know, and, yeah, the doctor tells us it's not a tear, is it? It's part of his it's soup brain soup. Mm, Love yeah, it. gross. Yeah, but no, it's a good effect. Yeah, it's good. Characters, hmm. cast members, actors, yeah. people. <laughs> Let's talk Humans. about some of the... Um, right, before we go on to the main people. So we saw Danny, didn't we, very briefly. So let's just say that he was in it and move on. It says it says on the here he's uncredited for this story. I'm not surprised. He's, no, but he's, he's definitely in it for a whole of one minute, I should think. Hmm. Yeah. We had the guy in the suit. So at this point, Sabre had morphed into him. Oh, that old sort of guy. The old sort of guy who was, they were waiting in the big auditorium area when they yeah. witnessed the teller turning the guy's head into soup. Hmm. Very small part, but okay. Yeah, he doesn't get any lines, does he? There's a couple. Does he? Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Obviously weren't very memorable. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yep. Then we have the guard towards the end, you know, when the Doctor and Clara think they're about to be killed because Miss Del Fox has ordered them to be executed before she goes off to hide from oh, the storm. Oh, yeah. yeah. It turns out it's uh, Sai under a helmet and Sabre, again, morphed into a different person. Yeah. Now, you know you, we both guessed about the architect. Yes. Did you guess that bit? Because no. I remember at the first time I thought that was quite a nice little twist. I didn't guess it either. Um, no. I remember quite liking that, but I thought, ah, okay, we assumed you'd, you know, committed suicide or whatever with that destruction thing it wasn't a destruction thing it's actually a teleporter and you're a shapeshifter so i, I thought that works pretty well that bit i liked Ooh. that yeah yeah i didn't expect them to pop up again in the story where they did yeah so that was yeah. good that's very good so let's talk about um the uh, the the cast peeps mm. so before we got on to clara and the doctor let's talk about Sai and sabra Mm. So Cy was played by Jonathan Bailey and Sabre was played by Pippa Bennett Warner. And I I I actually quite like these two. I did as well. I yeah. was equally surprised as you that they didn't pop back up again mm. at some point in the series. And maybe because their powers of or their whatever it is has now been sort of sorted out because he had that memory wiper thingy. Yeah, that, that was the right. thing that he was trying to get out of the vault, wasn't it? Yeah, his memory's back. Yeah, yeah, and she cured herself with that serum that stopped her cell, uh, yeah, cells copying you know other cells and stuff. Mm. So maybe because of that, they would be quite boring if they came back. Possibly, yeah, maybe. I think why I liked them though is because when you get two characters like that that pop up in one story, they often cast people that um because I I don't know I'm assuming these are both quite new actors I've never seen them I don't really recognise them from anything, um but I just found their acting was pretty good for those parts. I, I very often when we get people come into Doctor Who like this, they're very um theatrical, a bit stagey. Um, but I thought mm. these guys actually managed to act pretty well. I know that might sound strange, but but I actually liked them. I didn't. They didn't seem like bit part actors to me. I thought that's why I thought they'd come up again. I thought these these guys are pretty good. Mm. You know, um, they sort of 
they grabbed the part and went with it. And I thought they were quite believable in terms of the story, if you know what I mean. I, I just thought they, they played their parts really well. Because, um, yeah, I can't think of an example, but do you know what I mean? Sometimes when you get, you know, the actors in Doctor Who, they tend to just go a little bit too over the top or they're not very yeah. realistic or whatever. But I just thought these guys just had a nice level to their performance where they were sort of good you know, because um, there's a bit where Sai's talking to Clara and he's and he's got to give quite a bit of emotion. And I thought he handles that scene sort of really well. He doesn't overdo it like some actors do in Doctor Who. So yeah. I thought they were I thought they were good. I I liked them. Let's put it that way. I liked the characters. There was one scene where I thought he was um, Sai was going to go a bit theatre. And it's the bit uh, where he plugs himself in to save Clara and he starts yes. yelling at the teller. But that was actually that was a good scene, actually. Yeah, I thought exactly the same thing. I thought, oh, this is where he, this is where he does his David Collins bit. Um, <laughs> but Collins. no, he's good. And do you know what I love about that scene? Is you know we get to see the various baddies on the screen, the mugshots, the mugshots, which is yeah. a great idea. And we so we get to see what do we get to see? Terraleptil. Yeah. Um, who else? On, a Slovene. Um, that thing from Town Mercy. But the thing I absolutely love is they they included the. Uh, Absalom Dak from the Doctor Who magazine, which is the most random thing I could possibly <laughs> think of that they could find because, um, yeah, I think he's only ever been in that that one thing and then they did some specials. Whatever. But to include him, it's just a real nice throwback to, you know, to, to Doctor Who, hmm. the classic series. I mean, it's such a random thing. So I love that they did that. We had a couple of things, didn't we? We had um, somebody from Torchwood. We had the Trickster from Sarah Jane Adventures. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So there's yeah. quite a few things in there, but you have to you have to look at it quickly because they it's do quick. Yeah, they do sort of flick through really quickly. But that was a good scene, though. Yeah, yeah, it was good. And Saber, I thought she was. Oh, I quite like her character. Quite genuine. Mm. Like you say, these characters can have a habit of going a bit OTT. But no, she's pretty good. Yeah, I thought the the good interaction with Capaldi's Doctor, because um, you know they sort of. Um, they get that he's just a grumpy old so-and-so <laughs> and, and they sort of give him a bit of stick for it. Yeah. Um, so, um, so yeah, I thought they worked really well with Capaldi's doctor as well. Cause there, there's affection between them, but they also, you know, I mean, I think there's one bit where Sai has a go at the doctor for being so cold hearted or something. And, and I like what he says to Clara, he really puts oh, yeah. Clara in her yeah. place. He's like, Oh, I can tell you've been traveling in for a while. You've got the excuses down to a, you know, down to a T <laughs> or something. I yeah. thought, oh, that's good. So yeah, I thought they were quite strong for for for. I wouldn't know what not bit part characters. What would you call them for? Um, um sort of supporting cast. Supporting cast. I yeah. thought they were they were really good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. What about uh, Keely Hawes then as Miss Dale Fox slash Madame Carabraxos? Mm, personally, I thought she was pretty weak actually, because there'd been quite a big thing about Keely Hawes appearing in Doctor Who. It's like, oh, Keely Hawes is going to be in it, and yeah. the promo images she looked pretty sort of slick, and I just found her performance incredibly weak. I didn't think she really went for it at all. Um, yeah, just oh, again a little bit pantomime actually, sort of pantomime villain, all doing all the slow talking and you know i don't know she didn't work for me to be honest i didn't really connect with her at all okay what about you yeah i thought she was she was okay she played mm. the sort of stern villain if you like she's the villain i suppose throughout the most part she plays the baddie quite convincingly 
she's got this worrying when not so much as well yeah when we see her as both uh, both characters she has got this very um sort of unsettling sort of calmness to her which can be a bit more frightening at times she wasn't in your face trying to be scary mm. she was very quick to sort of have people um sort of brain souped <laughs> or exterminated whatever and she was very calm and almost had a smile on her face when she was doing it yeah so she had she did have a sort of quiet coldness to her which was quite good um i just i wanted to see a bit more that was the only mm-hmm. thing i wanted mm-hmm. to see a bit more of that whole corella deville yeah. real sort of harshness because she did play it to an extent but maybe that was the direction possibly toned it down a wee bit but i just wanted to see a bit more of that horrible evil stepmom kind of character mm. yeah through. no I agree with that. Yeah. She just didn't quite do it for me. And it probably is because we didn't see that much of her. She just reminds me of um, uh, the villain in, is it Partners in Crime? The one where the doctor meets Donna. There's the character very similar to her, I think. Although I haven't watched that for such a long time, I might be getting confused. But, you know, Sarah Lancashire played the part, but I can't remember the character she's playing. She sort of played that. Is it? Right. Yeah, she sort of played that. That's it. Yes, she sort of played that similar character, didn't she? It was sort of very that's true. snidey. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That, that's just what came to mind. I haven't watched that for a long time, so I could be wrong. But yeah, I just I wanted to see a bit more from Keeley in terms of her performance. I just felt like, almost just felt like she'd come on and just went through the motions a bit for me. Yeah, wasn't okay. overly impressed. Yeah, now you mention it, she does look very similar to um, uh, Miss Foster from mm-hmm. partners in crime very similar look almost a similar character yeah in a yeah way. That's what came to mind yeah yeah she was okay and right let's talk about clara mm. ah clara in series eight mm. she's just annoying isn't she she, is she does bit. look fantastic in that outfit though in I'll the suit that in mm. the suit she really rocks that look um but yeah, she's a she's just annoying, isn't she? Uh, just I'm not a big, big fan of Clara. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I concur. In, in this one, she's got that little, just a wee bit annoying. I mean, thankfully, there there are other cast members to take up a bit of screen time. It's not all about Clara mm. in this one, but she does have that. Just I don't know, just slightly annoying cockiness to cocky her. a little bit. Yeah, a little bit like Rose. In some in series, episodes. series two. Yeah. Yeah. Thing is, her and Danny just strike me as the sort of couple that if you knew them in real life, they'd be the, the people that you have you never answer that. They'd be that annoying couple that <laughs> are really selfish and just, oh, yeah, I don't know. She's, she's not my favorite character. Yeah. I noticed that you don't come back to me quite a few times about meeting up as couples. You're like... Uh, yeah, it's Gary <laughs> you asking are not, to meet up again. Oh, you crikey. are not. Uh, you are not Danny and Clara. <laughs> I can assure you. The Danny and Clara thing is so wooden. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. You just it's can't awful. buy into them as a character, as a couple, because you think to yourself, if you in real life, if you were like that with your other half, yeah, you'd you'd probably be a little bit. Well, this is boring me to hell. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. They they're just they're just such a conceited couple. Yeah, they could, they do deserve each other let's put it that they way do. so she's not great in this because there are other cast members to to do stuff on screen mm. which is good but yeah what about capaldi then 
Because he's quite interesting in this one. I love him in this one. Short yeah, hair. I thought, I thought, short hair. Um, yeah, he's strong. Uh, mm. I, I love it when... I love Series 8 Capaldi when he's quite cocky and I know what's going on. <laughs> Don't tell me. You know, I like... Yeah, I like him. And I love the I love the humour that we get from Capaldi in this story. Um, I mean, that's the thing. Even though I'm not a big fan of Clara, she does work well with the banter with Capaldi's Doctor, I think. They do bounce off each other really nicely, you know. Um, so in, in terms of that, I really liked, um, really liked it, both of them in this story. Because I think they get some great lines to throw each other in this one, um, but yeah, Capella's great. Um, the only thing, the only thing I don't like is right at the end where Capella is going, "Shut up, shabbity up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Oh, That's that whole sharp thing. I just don't know what that was about. Again, I can imagine Stephen Moffat coming in. You know, Steve Thompson's trying to get the script, you know, done, and old Mothballs stood behind again. You know what <laughs> you need there, Stephen. You know what will be really funny. If the doctor says, shut up, shut it up, up, up. So yeah, that bit, I was just cringing. Um, but apart from that, I loved it. There's a great bit where he's getting his memories back and he starts referencing the other doctors, isn't there? He's like saying, oh, big scarf, bow tie. A bit embarrassing. Uh, bit, yeah. A little bit embarrassing. Uh, something about a magician. I saw myself as a magician. Yeah, my current, my new look, I went for minimal. Yeah, that was a great little scene. Capaldi's really good at those scenes. Yes, he is. Yeah, you know he's really good at um, really playing into the, the the whole mythos of the Doctor Who character, and maybe the I don't know if that was a Moffat scene or whatever, but those scenes can be written quite well, where it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't slap you in the face like yes, we want to reference all the previous Doctors, and you know but there's just no nice little mentions of things that mm-hmm. just little nuggets. Yeah, there's there's a great bit where he says something. I don't think it's that scene actually, but there is a bit where he says something about who put you in charge. Someone says to the doctor, "Who put you in charge?" He's like, "It's the eyebrows. They automatically put me in charge, <laughs> right. right?" Or something like yeah. that. I thought that's a, that's a great line. Um, yeah, no, I thought I can't fault Capaldi in this. I thought he was excellent. He did definitely the twelfth Doctor that I want to see more of. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree, mate. Mm. I agree. Right. Anything you want to mention on time heist before the scores? Uh, just two quick things. First off, the teller itself. Um, oh, of course, absolute, yeah. Sorry. Absolutely yeah. love the design of it. I am surprised that the Doctor doesn't clock that it's in a straitjacket. I almost feel like there's, there's a scene missing because that does kind of give away. I mean, we know it's kind of being held against its will, but the Doctor doesn't seem to pick up on that, and that might have oh, okay. given him a hint to what was going on later in the story. But it does look fantastic when it's in that. Like mm. you said, not so good when it's out of its... Um, jacket but it's a great design really good creature for for doctor who so i like the teller um and the only other thing is i did think murray's music was a bit overbearing sometimes in this story um because they he had started they had started to tone it down in series eight i think they had clocked on to the fact that his music was great but sometimes too much but this one there are bits where i was like oh turn it down <laughs> murray turn it down mm. like you know it was drowning out some of the taking away some of the tension from the scenes i thought occasionally but uh but yeah so that, that's it pretty much i think we've covered it master yeah yeah music it's funny isn't it it's very awesome inconsistent teller. with um with a lot of who episodes even in within even within one series you can have you can go from one episode being mixed really nicely not have to mm-hmm. fiddle with it and then another one you like you're constantly turning it up and down because you can't hear what they're saying or the music's too much or the action whatever yeah, it, it just sometimes distracts from it rather than actually enhancing it, hmm. um, I think. Um, what was the other thing he's going to say? Oh, yeah, the only other thing I did think of was that 
for such a high security bank, they don't seem to have a lot of CCTV. Like they, I know they're going <laughs> through a lot of vents a lot of the time, but there is a lot of time when they're just in the vaults and the bank. I was thinking, oh, for such a high security bank, I'm sure they would have some security in there. They'd seem to wander around quite easily. I'm glad you've said that because <laughs> there's a scene towards the end where the the main vault opens, the the big <laughs> circular door. Yeah, and there's the computerized voice that lets the entire building know that the main vault is open. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody turns up to do anything. They're just happily allowed to wander around. And and they get into Del Fox's room yeah. through a vent, which is all very... I mean, it's, I, I know we've got to move the story on and stuff, but yeah, I did sort of think that does yeah. go against the whole concept of this, oh, this yeah. amazing bank vault, you know. The, yeah. the, the vents that were the size of a Volkswagen Beetle. <laughs> they are huge. You can yeah. get anything through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, right. Time heist. Um, whose turn is it to go first? I think it's you, buddy. I think it's me this week. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it um, a 7.5 out of 10. I, I enjoyed okay, it. Okay. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Cool. I'm going to give it a 6.5. Oh, okay. That's still reasonable. That's good. Pretty reasonable, indeed. Yeah. That's what I was expecting to give it before rewatch. But yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Oh, okay. I would have given it another point if if it wasn't for the really bad... <laughs> um, CG work throughout the episode. Yeah. But that really did it for me, especially the scene at the end on the Teller's Planet. It just looked really, it's like, you know, I've seen, um, I follow a couple of YouTube channels where sort of amateur people who use uh, Adobe After Effects and stuff like this, you know, have done a much better job on similar scenes than, you know, the, the big boys at the Beeb or whichever agency they chose to do it. But, it is incredible, actually, when you see some of the fan-made things that are so amazing, and you sort of think maybe the BBC should think about getting some of these guys in because it can very often be so much better than what ends up on our screen. Um, well, they did that, didn't they? Then the Moth found the a, a guy on YouTube, and he, he did his own version of the intro, and ended up using it pretty much as it was for Capaldi's intro. That's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 What's the guy's name? I can't remember his name now on YouTube. Um, but yeah, so they, I think they, they're not closed-minded to do that stuff. But yeah, I think a bit more often they need to look a bit further afield uh, for effects and so on. But I'm just thinking about when we get. I, I'm trying to think which episode it is now. But the, I think one of the worst bits that always sticks in my head when we talk about effects. I think it might be Death in Heaven. Right. There's a bit where it's near the start. Is that the one where Danny gets run over? Death in Heaven. Uh, I yes, can't remember now. Is, yeah. um, but there's a bit where Clara phones the doctor and we get this really bad, it's like something out of the McCoy era, sort of shot of like a snow world and the TARDIS on like a ledge. And it's thankfully oh, yeah, brief. Yeah. But I remember just thinking at the time, that has got to be one of the worst special effects we've had in Doctor Who since 1989. Um, so yeah, things don't get any better. But I'm looking forward to when we get to... Uh, that episode just to see that shot i just need to see if it's as bad as my memory thinks it is <laughs> it probably is it's probably worse yeah probably worse yeah right that's our scores yep what did you guys think we had four audio clips in so let's get through these let's see the first one this is joe sweeney hello again adam hope you guys are well um time heist is quite an enjoyable episode out of series eight and I liked it how it all sets up from the start, like when the Doctor and Clara woke, woke up in a dark room and then found out they have to rob a bank of Karis Bakdos. 
Um, Sai and Saber were very good co-characters, and I thought they gelled very well within the storyline. The teller was amazing, but I wish they could have done a lot more with them. But I like it how it how it chased after Clara in the red lighting effects because that, that made him more terrifying. Um, Kitty Horse is not a bad actress, but I just don't think she's a, a fill-in sort of type of person. And again, she was slightly underused. And Capaldi was amazing, and his doctor was slightly dark. Um, Clara, Clara was okay. Um, there's some, um, there's some good visual effects. And um, oh yes, um, um, I like the, the revelation of the episode. Um, when um, to find out that the, that the doctor orchestrated the whole heist thing. But the only nugget of this episode is the ending. It's a sort of a rehash out of Hyde. But there's one scene that I find truly amazing. It's a scene when the Doctor and Clara are standing beside the TARDIS on the telehome world. I thought the official effects of it was brilliant. So overall, great episode. So I'll give a score from 8.5 out of 10. Thank you very eight, much, Joe. All right, eight, no, that's quite high. Excellent. Cheers, Joe. Nice one. Let's keep the audio rolling. This is Alex Kingdom. Hello, Gary Allen from the Big Blue Box podcast. How are you guys doing? I feel like I've been here in weeks. Just because I haven't. Because I have a life, unfortunately. Yeah, I know. I've got so much stuff to do. But anyway, Time Heist, the Peter Capaldi story, though, really is underrated. Uh, I think it's great. I think it has a different feel to the rest of Series 8. The whole Teller uh, situation was phenomenal. And I think... You know, him finding, trying to sort out his love. Yes, love in Doctor Who. Oh, shame. Let's shame it. I think it's a lovely story. Um, I think it's great. I, I just, I don't know why, but I just have, I don't know why people look down on that moment. Uh, also, is it Miss Anthrax? I forgot the name. Uh, the um, one that is actually the banker uh, at the end. Um, she, she was okay, I guess. Yeah, let's go with that. Again, uh, Sai and... Oh, I don't forget her name. I have... Anyway, those two are great characters. Clara, eh, she's here. She doesn't really do much. But yeah, guys, also... Uh, so, quickly, before I uh, uh, end the review, I'm going to give this one a 7 out of 10. I think it's okay. I think it's pretty good, actually. Thank you very much, Alex. Love is the answer, yes. Indeedy. Right. There's a lot of comparisons to Hyde, isn't there? Actually, I meant there to say that. Yeah. Because of the whole love... Thing. Yeah, there is. Yeah, let's go over to Facebook. Adam Pink says, "Having rewatched it the other day, I found myself enjoying it more than I remembered. Works nice mm. as a standalone. The concept of a bank robbery with time travel aspects is great. Uh, an original idea. Uh, I like the idea of the character Saber and Pink. Uh, sorry, Saber and Pink. <laughs> Saber and Psy." Uh, but they often come across as annoying in some parts of the story. Uh, Capaldi puts in another great performance. Uh, highlight being his reaction to Sabre's death, uh, quote unquote. Uh, the ending also lets down the episode. The teller is an excellent monster design, uh, really quite scary, but uh, is let down with the whole it's in love, really. Uh, much like the monster in Hyde, I think this slightly destroys the scarier aspect. Overall, a pretty good story with some nice moments and some annoying moments. Uh, nothing too bad or special. Six out of ten. Excellent. Cheers, Adam. I wonder if he's related to Danny Pink. Maybe. <laughs> Lewis Palmer, Louise Palmer, should I say. Uh, best bit, Capaldi with shorter hair. Uh, also, does anyone else notice a slightly stronger accent in these earlier days? 
Mm. Uh, when yes. we see uh, every thief and villain inside Sai, did you all spot Captain John Hart? Yes, we did. Mm, we uh, did. Great rescue mission. I love this one. The plot is quite clever and engaging. I really like Sai and Sabra. 7.5. Excellent. Cheers. And I must mention, um, because you did put a comment afterwards to say, this is our good friend Loopy Lou, by the way. Yeah. This is Loopy Lou. Not Louie. Not, not Louie. <laughs> but, oh yeah, Loopy Lou. Oh, we're terrible at this. Right, Mark Atkinson says, uh, I didn't really get this one on original broadcast. It looks very lovely and all that, but for me, it's one of the weaker episodes. So it gets a six out of ten. Oh, okay. Cheers, Mark. George Coppen, really good story. Each time I watch it, I love it more. Would love to see a spin off series of Science Sabre, eight out of ten. Eight out of ten, okay. Right, uh, audio clip. This is Owen Daly. Hello, Gary and Adam. Hope you're both well and enjoying the show this week. Ah, oh, time, oh, time heist. Yeah, now, I had huge expectations for this story when it first came out because Journey to the Centre of the Tardis and Curse of the Black Spot, they were my two favourite stories at the time. And then this came out and just left me bored. I, I just... Ah, oh, I, I genuinely am bored whenever I watch it and it's one that I don't think I will watch for about three years or so. I think the plot is so weak... The characters, even Sai and Sabria, I think she was called, those two, I thought they could have had huge potential, but they just were so generic and boring, and I just I just thought the episode rounded off a bit too simply, with the Doctor being the whole architect or whatever it was called, and I just was left there going, like, what was that? Because the teller was completely underused, um, The end it ended up just being a love story. Miss Delfox, uh, what was that? What was going on with her becoming the whole... The, the manager of the bank or whatever. I thought that was confusing. Um, I thought the Twelfth Doctor wasn't very well written in this. thought Clara was a bit boring. Overall, I just really disliked this story and I was disappointed by Steve Thompson. Uh, but I would like to see him return. So I would give the story a 4 out of 10. Not very good. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. <laughs> Thank you, Owen. Ooh, Owen, not a fan. Not, not a fan. liking this one at all. No. Get mm. the heck out, Time Heist. <laughs> Thank you very much, yeah. Owen. Uh, right back on Facebook, Danny Brown says, "Not bad at all. A good set of interesting characters. All well played. Seven out of ten. Mm, excellent. Stan Gallagher, very good story. Eight out of ten. Dean Jones says, uh, "Prior to broadcast, I wasn't looking forward to it for two reasons. Firstly, I really don't like Thompson's previous Who efforts, The Curse of the Black Spots, and Journey to the Centre of the TARDIS. The latter of which having one of the worst scripts of all time. And secondly, Moffat's track record has been all over the place." So I was pleasantly surprised on broadcast and upon rewatch. It's still mm. solid. Uh, mm. It's engaging. The direction and editing is fast paced, preventing boredom. Cast and characters are pretty good for the most part. Capaldi is terrific. And the teller is a great creation. There are a few setbacks. Miss Del Fox, whilst performed well by Keely Hawes, comes across as Miss Foster from Partners in Crime. Not oh, just yeah, us, anyway. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. the solar storm aspect is quite abrupt. And don't think... Um, uh, and the don't think gimmick, decent idea, but it is a pale imitation of don't blink and don't breathe. And it's not, it isn't nearly as engaging as those ideas. Not, mm. a, not a best of all time, but a solid story. Eight out of ten. Oh, cheers, Dean. Uh, the Theta Sigma podcast. Oh. Uh, this was a brilliant episode, a little over complex towards the end. Capaldi was incredible in this and the teller was amazing. Overall, 8.5 from us. Cheers, Theta. Cheers, guys. Uh, Jake Bottomley. I thought this was a really good story for Peter's first series. Really good concept. Eight out of ten. 
Eight out of ten, yeah. Cool. Sammy Satine. So the Doctor and Clara team up with Saber and Sai to rob the bank of Carol Braxos. I like the teller. You're really well designed, and I feel sad for him being cooped up in the bank. Uh, really glad 12 uh, sets him and his lady free in the end. Uh, I wish um, character had made a figure of the teller. They didn't, did they? No, they didn't. He would have been an awesome figure. No, there's a Titan vinyl figure. Right. I yeah. bet. I bet uh, Sam has got that one. Probably, or she'll get it. She'll within get it, minutes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, right. A proper five point five inch would have been awesome. Uh, I like Madame Carabraxos. She's an all right character, and it's interesting seeing her as an old lady and a clone. Uh, Keely Hawes uh, does a brilliant job with what she is given, but the part doesn't live up to her exciting acting. Uh, like Sai and Sabra. Uh, they are all right characters, nowhere near the likes of Wilf or Mickey, uh, but not as annoying as, say, Angie, Artie or Clara. Ooh. Speaking of Clara, I will give one thing. She looks good in the suit. She does. Uh, interactions with Danny are still incredibly cringy, and it, uh, it puzzles me as to why the teller let go of her mind, because he's clearly latched on, and I always thought you were toast after that. Yeah, I did think that, actually. Mm. Um, yeah, Danny is saved by the fact that he only appears briefly. Um, I still don't like the character, but that's the writing, not Samuel Anderson's acting. Uh, she goes on to say, overall, 7 out of 10, because I think it's new and different. Uh, it's a concept story uh, that could have been better executed. Yeah, good point, Sammy. Cheers. Miles McKenzie, uh, mixed bag. I like Sai and Sabre, uh, but the teller is so underused and the soundtrack sounds a bit like elevator music. Uh, I didn't like the ending of the story. Uh, I feel it concluded a different way than um, than a Hyde ending. Capaldi has some great moments in this. Plays off well with Clara. Five out of ten. Five out of ten. Ooh, okay. Joseph Howarth. I enjoyed this episode for the most part when it came out. I thought the visuals were pretty good, especially the teller, who I think was impressive. The action was well paced. Capaldi is very good in this. Just wished the ending didn't spoil it. But unlike Hyde, which was crap from the word... <laughs> this episode had a twist ending and is actually enjoyable. Despite the ending, though, it's good for the most part. Seven out of ten. Yeah. And Lewis Palmer says, uh, a good, if slightly forgettable story. Teller looks fantastic on screen, but it's a shame they dragged the whole thing up again from Hyde. Sai and Saber are good characters. Clara is awful and annoying as ever. Capaldi is good, although him eating Chinese um, just doesn't sit right with me. When, uh, does, it, when does he eat Chinese? In the TARDIS at the end, when they're all having that cheesy... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, moment. of course. Yeah. Um, Keely Hawes was incredibly underused. Uh, you have the voice of Lara Croft in some of the Tomb Raider games and do nothing with her. Mm, uh, true. She is such a wasted character. I love the little cameos from older characters on the screen. Um, a lovely reference uh, to the comics with Absalom Doc uh, making an appearance. I really like mm. Time Heist. Uh, I really like the heist montage because it's clearly trying to do the cliched thing but gets away with it. Seven out of ten. Yeah, excellent. That's it for the official Facebook page. We've got one more audio review. It's the triumphant return of Jay Kent. Yay! Hey, Gary and Adam, and oh my God, I'm still alive. Who was expecting that? And I'm making my grand return to time heist? Really? I mean, okay. The concept of the episode sounds like a joke and not a good one. The Doctor, Clara, a cyborg and a shapeshifter walk into a bank. Banker says, why the long face? And with the whole plot being a bank heist mixed in with Doctor Who, it should be epic, but it just felt underwhelming. I think its main issue was pacing. Everything seemed too quick and there was next to no tension where there should have been. Mrs. Delfox started out as alright, but she just ended up being exposition. Oh, this better go according to plan, otherwise the director will be angry and we will then be killed. 
The Teller was actually a really good monster, and unlike most, I don't think its motivation for love ruins it. What ruins it is the shots of the two walking off into the sunset. We get his intentions, but showing them just seems really cringy. As for the end, it felt like M. Night Shyamalan was just throwing a load of twist bombs at us. Ah, but the suicide thing is a teleport, and the Doctor is the architect, and Mrs. Delfox is a clone, and Karen Maxos is old now, and it's all guilt. It was just far too complex, and for want of a better phrase, timey-wimey for its own good. It was a decent idea that showed an incredible lot of potential, but it just flopped in the third act. A 5.5 out of 10 for me. Hope you have a good one, guys, and I will see you next time. Hopefully I actually mean it this time. Excellent he stuff. lives. He lives. He lives. He walks oh, among us. Oh, how we've missed Jay Kent. Nice one. Thank you, Jay. Look forward to your review on our next episode yeah. next week. Did you have anything through on the Geek's Handbag page? Oh, I did. I nearly forgot. <laughs> I was moving on to next week already. Uh, yeah, I did have a couple. Um, Jason Harrell says, uh, not seen it since it's airing, but he remembers liking it. A little daft, but clever with it. An enjoyable story. Char- oh, excuse me. Charlie Turner says, hello, Charlie. Uh, if there's one thing I love in Doctor Who, it has to be highly creative concepts, and Time Heist is no exception. I love the design of the teller. It's a fantastic design. Whoever designed it should have won an award. This story is good on so many levels, almost one of my favorites, but not quite. Let's talk about the title of the episode for a moment, the word time. I think it has been done to death for titles like Time Lash, Time <laughs> in the Rani, Time in the Angels, and more. Good gosh. I know that Doctor Who is centered around time and space, but come on, it's getting really ridiculous. He says, how many titles of episodes have the word time? But anyway, before I go ahead of myself, this story is good, but it's not brilliant. It's a six out of 10 for him. Nothing more, nothing less, says Charlie. Thanks for that. Cool. And finally, Patrick Sherwood says, hi again. I like this story. I think it's a great little story and the 12th Doctor is good and Clara Oswald is all right overall. I think this story is great, so that means I'm going to give it a solid 8.5 out of 10. 8.5. Says Patrick. Yeah. Nice. yeah. So, reasonably good scores overall. A couple of people really not liking it. Yeah. Owen Daly was the one who really didn't like it, isn't it? Is yeah. that was that right? Was it Owen? Yeah. Owen, yeah. He was ready to freak out. Yeah. With disgust. Freak out. At time heist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but thank you so much, guys, for sending in your clips and your uh, reviews on Facebook and all that stuff. Very much appreciated. Next week, we're Next going week. back to Classic Who, and it's McCoy, right? Yeah, back to McCoy. For Ghostlight next week. Ghostlight. So, now, is that a three or a four-parter? Oh, I, think I always think four. it's a three. Yeah, I always get it in my head. It's a three for some bizarre reason. But yeah, looking forward to that. Ghostlight next week. Yes, yeah, so if I remember correctly, I haven't seen this one in a while, you know. And if I remember oh, right. correctly, it was completely bonkers. <laughs> it is, yes, it is bonkers, yeah. It's a yeah. three-parter, mate. You are correct. Oh, it is a three? Yeah. Okay, good stuff, yeah. Yes. So, uh, guys, if you look forward... Well, <laughs> hopefully you'll look forward to it next week. But if you look out, sorry, for the Facebook post and Twitter and so on, uh, you'll see uh, the link on there to get your review in and so on. But that's going to do for episode 119 and Time Heist and all that stuff. Let's roll credits. Thank you so much for sticking with us and listening to episode 119. Uh, we have some interesting news. So remember, 
if you're going to order anything from forbiddenplanet.com, <laughs> please make sure you do so before the 17th. Or if you would take our advice, probably a couple of days before that even. Yes, do so. To make sure you get your stuffs. We don't need Christmas ruined. No. Not at all. And if you want the Cyberman bust, head over to Robert Harrop, just do a search on Google, and you will see some awesome stuff, actually. Some of the statues that uh, they sell over there, really good. I've got big intentions of expanding my collection of Robert Harrop stuff next year. So have I, but don't tell me of a harsh. Yeah, we didn't say that, really. That was just a thought. (laughs) A wee thought there. Right, yo, head over to the website, www.bigblueboxpodcast.com. You can listen to all the previous episodes there, plus you can link off to all the social stuff, and you can sign up to the newsletter, which is now rocking and rolling. Yes. Which is good. Head over to Adam's channel, The Geek's Handbag. Handbag, yeah. The Geek's Handbag. Just do a search for it. Yeah. Yeah. Just do a search for it on YouTube and Facebook, and you can give him a member to mash the subscribe button and the like button <laughs> and just check out all of Adam's videos they're so cool uh, if you're into your convention reports and your convention vlogs and all that stuff Adam has got some belters on there yeah done quite a few lately yeah some good so, ones yeah. yeah so I will reiterate go and check out the geek's handbag just search for it on YouTube or Facebook and you'll find it uh, talking of searching for stuff Uh, If you want to listen to us on iTunes, just open up iTunes and do a search for The Big Blue Box, and it should pop up. If you give us a subscribe and a review, that would be amazing, because that really helps us. It really, really does. Next week is Ghost Light, visiting Mm. McCoy and the rice pudding. Yeah, I've already started making notes. All right, okay. I just, I literally just remembered something as we mentioned it. I thought, oh, must write that down not to forget. So yeah, that's going to be good. Yeah, I've just got madness. (laughs) <laughs> in my head at the minute what baggy trousers baggy, baggy trousers. trousers yeah <laughs> right so yes we will see you next week for episode 120 until then my name's Gary and my name's Adam remember and uh... uh...